Welcome to Accepted Secrets of New York City School Admissions with Alina Adams, author of the ebook Getting into New York City Kindergarten. I'm Victoria Chapman. How are you, Alina? I'm good. Okay, so I think we are heading up on a deadline. Kindergarten Connect. Um, deadline is Friday? It's Friday. Well, at least let's put it this way. When Kindergarten Connect was first announced, we were told that January 15th would be your last day to fill out the form. The fact is they've already pushed back their deadlines for the gifted and talented applications and they pushed forward Kindergarten Connect itself. So I'm leery of naming any particularly hard date, but yes, ostensibly January 15th is the last day for you to file your Kindergarten Connect application. Now, what is your Kindergarten Connect application? It is a form where you will rank in order of preferences the general education schools, kindergartens that you would like your child to attend. That will include kindergartens with dual language programs. That will include magnet programs in public schools. It will not include charter schools. It will not include gifted and talented programs. But basically, if you want your child to go to your local school or another local school, this is the form where you, that you will fill out. Okay, um, so we're definitely pushing on the deadline with um, Kindergarten Connect. Uh, but if you're interested in your kids going to those other schools, charter, G&T, private, religious... Well, if you're interested in private school, you should have applied already. Most of the private school's deadlines have passed. Private schools tend to open their application in either mid to late August or in early September and tend to close in December. So if you wanted your child to go to private school for September 2016, that deadline has already passed. The Charter Center has an application, as do various charter schools themselves. Many of them have already put them online, so you may apply to those schools directly or you can go through the Charter Center's general app. That is not something that is due on January 15th. If you're interested in a religious school, as in a Catholic school that's run by the archdiocese or a yeshiva or a Muslim private school, many of those have rolling admissions. So when we're talking about deadlines right now, we're really just talking about general ed kindergarten connect. If you signed your child up for gifted and talented testing, that testing is taking place right now in January, and you will find out in the spring your child's score, you will find out whether your child qualifies for a general education program, and then you will rank general education programs, but that is not something that you will do on Kindergarten Connect. Okay, and with Kindergarten Connect, um, they have slots that they fill out? Yes. In the past, there have been 20 slots. This year, there's only 12, but the fact is I've never worked with a parent who has 20 schools in New York City that they'd be willing to go to. Okay, and how best to rank them? The most important thing to remember is rank them truly in the order of your preference. You will be given your first available choice. Also, if you are not given your first choice, you will be placed on the wait list for all the schools that come before it, which means if you are given, say, your third choice, you will be waitlisted at your second and first choice schools. Okay, so don't try to game the system, just it is... No, it is. There's, there's no way to play it mathematically. Really put down the schools that you want. Now, do be aware that your local school is the one where you have the highest priority. So even if you don't put down your local school, you might be placed in it anyway. Ooh, okay. So if you have an eye towards another school, is there any way to, to help 
navigate that? Well, you should put that school first. If your, your local school isn't the one that you want, you should definitely put the school that you want first, whether it's another zone school or an unzoned school in your district. But don't think that if you don't put down your zone school that you won't ever be put into it. On the other hand, if you kind of like your zone school but don't love it, make sure you put it down anyway because the fact is you might not get even your local zone school. Ooh, okay. Um, Now, what's ahead for parents beyond January? Well, here's the thing. If you applied to either Hunter College Elementary, which is a school for the gifted, or to any private schools, you will find out in February if you got in. You will then have a week to decide whether or not you want to attend those schools. If you attend, if you decide you want to attend those schools, the private schools anyway, you will sign a contract. You will probably be asked for a deposit. Keep in mind that if later on you change your mind and decide you no longer want to go to that private school, some schools might return your deposit, some schools may keep your deposit, and some schools may tell you that you owe them a year's worth of tuition because you did sign a legal contract. So if in February you get accepted into a private school and you sign a contract, be advised you may be on the hook for an entire year. Mm. In March... You will find out in theory. This is just something the DOE promises it will be in March. This is the earliest they've ever promised it, so we'll see if they can keep their promise. You will find out where your child got into a general education kindergarten. That means it will either be your zoned kindergarten, another zoned kindergarten, an unzoned kindergarten, a dual language program, or a magnet school. In April, you will find out whether you got into a charter school. And in May, you will find out about gifted and talented results and placements. Here is something very important to remember. If you register your child at a general education school and then register them at a gifted and talented school, your most recent registration will nullify all the past registrations. So don't think you can register your child at a general ed school, a charter school, and gifted and talented school, and then spend all summer trying to figure out which one you want to do. Your most recent registration is the one that becomes current, and it nullifies everything that came before it in a public school, not in a private school. The private school contract that you sign will still stand. Okay. I think you've hit almost all those points. So once all this is done, parents end up in a waiting? Pretty much. Well, if you love your zone school and you got into your zone school in March, yay you, you're done. On the other hand, if you're waitlisted at the school that you really love, this could stretch out into the summer. This could stretch out into the fall. Basically, classes don't close until the end of October. I worked with one family where they had their child registered in a public school, and in October, they got called to see if they wanted to take a seat at a school that they had ranked ahead of it that they were waitlisted at. So the torture goes on and on. But that also means that there could still be hope for the school that that you want. Absolutely. That's right. It's not torture. It's fun. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So during the waiting period, when you're waitlisted, is there anything a parent can do to... You can send nice, polite emails. You know, don't threaten people. Don't bribe people. But you can send emails to the parent coordinator explaining to them why you love the school, why you think your family would be a great fit, what you can contribute. And that doesn't just mean financially. It means, you know, if you're an artist, you could teach an art class. It means if you're a musician, you could come and do something. It means if you work at a museum, you could bring the kids in. It means if you work at the UN, you could bring 
bring the kids in. Basically, schools want good members of their community. So absolutely, if you love a school where you're waitlisted, keep working that waitlist. Send them emails, call them, let them know why they love you or why they should love you. Okay. A lot of stuff to remember. Kindergarten Connect, closing this week. All the things you need to look at coming in the spring. Also, for those who have children in nursery and preschool, Mm -hmm. it's time to start keeping an eye for... uh, Absolutely. This is almost... This is almost a two-year process. So if you have a child that you're going to be applying for September of 2017, yes, 2017, now is the time to get your ducks in a row. Okay. Well, we'll talk more about that and what you should be doing now to get ready to apply your child for 2017. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Accepted Secrets of New York City School Admissions with Alina Adams, author of the ebook Getting Into New York City Kindergarten. I'm Victoria Chapman, helping to usher you through this conversation. And we are now looking at what you need to do to get your child ready for kindergarten in 2017. Yes, folks, it's the beginning of 2016, but Alina says this is a year and a half long process and it's time to start planning now. So, Alina, Let's look at private schools first. What should a parent be doing now if they want to get their child ready for private school in uh, private school kindergarten in September 2017? Well, the reason we're starting with private school is because the private school application process actually starts earlier than the public school. Private schools put their applications up online usually between either the middle of August, late August, or definitely after Labor Day in early September. So that's when you need to get your paperwork together. The first thing you want to do about private school is find out if your child qualifies based on birthday cutoffs. Most private schools will tell you that your child should turn five by September 1st of the year they would start kindergarten. But in reality, most private schools would prefer the children be a little bit older, especially boys. If your son has a summer birthday, it is very likely that a private school would ask you to wait and start them the following year. So the first thing that you want to do with private school kindergarten is find out if your child qualifies by the birthday cutoffs. Okay, and and it's a little bit different for public schools. We'll get to that in the next block, but okay. So we're looking at September cutoff, but it's actually maybe earlier. It actually may be earlier, and here's what happened. When people started holding back their summer kids, other people started holding back their spring kids. So depending on the makeup of a class, you might have as much as an 18-month span and some kids as with birthdays as late as March are now being held back so that they're starting kindergarten when they're actually six and a half. So you might want to look into the schools you're interested in and find out where exactly they stand on that issue. The next thing you want to do when I say find out the school is find out what kind of a school you want. First thing you should do is definitely listen to our podcast. That's the most important thing you could do. But once you've done that, no. But we have podcasts, for instance, talking about the difference between traditional versus progressive education. Listen to both the experts that we have and see which one really speaks to you. Then think about, would you like to have a single-sex school? New York City has some wonderful single-sex schools. Or would you prefer a co-ed school? Would you like a school that's a kindergarten through 6th grade, a kindergarten through 8th grade, a kindergarten through 12th grade? There's all sorts of possibilities and there's pros and cons to each one and then you really need 
need to think what's important to you about a school. Is it academics? Is it rigorous um, academics? Or is it more of a do what you want to do, let your child pursue their own passion kind of academic environment? Is it important to you that your child learn a foreign language? Is it important to you that it's a school strong in the arts? Is it important to you that it is a school that takes a lot of social action positions? Um, location, location, location. It's not just for real estate. You know, if it's uh, 7 o'clock in the morning in February, do you want to be taking two buses across town? Do you want a school that's religious? Do you want a school that's secular? These are all questions you need to ask yourself before you start looking at a school. Now, most... Go ahead. I'm sorry. Now, most schools have open houses, and some of them have them in the spring, which means you're actually at an advantage right now. You can go take a look at schools that have open houses in the spring, and that way you could already cross a few off your list if it turns out that you thought that you really would like traditional. I've worked with families who were sure that they'd love traditional, and then they went in and they came out going, oh my God, it's a Hitler's Youth Rally. And then there were families who were sure they would want progressive, and then they came out going, oh my God, it's Lord of the Flies. So whatever it is that you think you want, make sure you visit a few schools and whatever it is you're absolutely sure you don't want. I've worked with families who were sure they didn't want a single sex education and then they visited one school and they saw what the advantages was for girls to be educated with only girls or for what the advantages for boys to be educated with only boys and they completely flipped their opinion. So try to see as many schools as you can in the spring before you'll be applying in September. Okay, when you talk about open houses... What should parents look for when they go to open houses? I mean, clearly you talked about the environment and the teaching, but tangibly, what what should they be looking for? The best thing that you can look at at an open house is look at the work that's on the walls. Because the work that's on the walls will be the school's way of telling you what they think is important. And if you like what you see, some schools, for instance, have kids do what they call invented spelling because they think it's more important for a child to get their thought down on paper than to have the spelling be correct. Other schools won't put up a paper until it is absolutely perfect. There's no right or wrong answer, but which one speaks to you? Okay. Um, Now, testing. Here's the thing. For private school, it's a very complex situation. A few years ago, you may have heard of something called the ERB. The ERB is not a test. It is actually the Educational Records Bureau. It's the um, organization that administers the test. But so many kids were scoring in the 99th percentile that a lot of schools decided that there was so much prep going on that the tests were no longer valid and that they would no longer be using the test, except for the schools that said that they would still be using the test. Then the Educational Records Bureau, which obviously stood to, lo- stood to lose a lot of money if schools stopped using them, said, wait, 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 we'll make you another test that will be unpreppable. This test is called the ABLE. So some private schools are giving that test. Some private schools are giving the previous test, which is the WIPSI. And some private schools are doing their own test. So the fact of the matter is, if you go to my book, there is a link and you can see all the private schools in New York City and you can see which school requires which test. Okay, so and what about prepping your child for the test? Well, here's the thing. I always tell people, you're an adult. What do you do better at? A task you have never seen before or one that you've practiced a few times? It's kind of obvious. Does prepping work? Of course it does. So if it is extremely important to you that your child go to a school that requires a high test score, go ahead and get them prepped. 
And if you're going to get them prepped, you want to start early. You want to start preferably in the spring and the summer before they would take the test so you're not trying to cram a year's worth of studying into a child's mind in six weeks. You can make it fun. You can do it casual. A previous podcast of ours actually spoke to both a representative from Bright Kids, which is a testing center that you can take your child to, and they literally recreate the experience so your child can learn what it's like to be a tiny four-year-old and a stranger comes and takes them by hand into another room and fires questions at them. We also spoke to Karen Quinn, who is Testing Mom. That's her website, and she has a lot of resources that you can use to teach your child yourself. So you have many options of how you want to prep your child if you want to prep them, but I strongly advise starting early so that it becomes a fun thing that you maybe do once a week rather than something you're trying to cram into them at the last minute. That's great advice. Now, um, then it's application time. What are they looking for? Basically, most uh, schools will put their applications up online. You can check to see at the end of August or in the beginning of September. And here's very important. Some schools will only give out a finite number of applications. Some schools will see anyone who applies. But some schools say we'll only have 500 applications and that's all they sent out. So if it's a school that you absolutely love, make sure you get that application as soon as you can. Make sure you fill it out and send it in as soon as you can. Because you also want to schedule a time for your child's interview, for your interview, and for your tour that will be convenient for you. Because the fact is you're going to have to work around your work schedule and you want to be able to find a time where you can get off work. And for your child, you want them to be tested at a time and day that's good for them. If your child's a morning person, especially if they still nap, you don't want somebody scheduling an appointment for them to be tested at a time when they're going to be sleepy and cranky. So the earlier that you can get in your application and set up all those appointments, the better it will be for everyone. Okay, that's a lot. (laughs) Now, (laughs) if you think private school is difficult, public school is not any easier. We will have more on those options when we return. Hi there, and welcome back to Accepted Secrets of New York City School Admissions. I'm Victoria Chapman, and I'm here with Alina Adams, author of the ebook Getting Into New York City Kindergarten. Now, we are looking at the application process for kindergarten in 2017. Yes, I said 2017. I know it's the beginning of 2016, but if you're going to have a child ready for kindergarten in a year and a half, you need to start the process now. And if you already have a child in kindergarten, go. Tell the parents of your children's playmates they need to get ready because it's coming. This, this is not for the faint of heart, and it's a marathon, not a sprint. Okay, we just finished talking about what you need to do to consider application for private school. Now we're going to look at public school. So what's the first thing, Alina? What do they need to look at? The first thing you want to do is look at your child's birth date and see if they qualify for public school. A child in New York City should start kindergarten the calendar year when they turn five years old. Whether their birthday is January 1st or December 31st, that is the year, the one that they turn five, is when they should start kindergarten. If your child has a birthday in October, November, December, what that means is they will be starting public kindergarten before they turn five years old. Some parents are not very happy with that, especially if they have a December birthday, especially if they have a boy with a December birthday, because it's very difficult on a maturity scale 
for a boy who just turned five to be in kindergarten with a girl who's almost six. The developmental differences are huge. So there's some things that parents have done in the sense that you can apply for a waiver claiming that there are physical or mental reasons why your child cannot start kindergarten. Some other parents have done things like they wouldn't register their child for kindergarten the year that they should have gone, but then bring them into their local kindergarten in May, register them in May, and then appeal to the principal by saying, well, this child clearly isn't ready to be promoted. Could this child be quote-unquote held back? This is up to principal's discretion, and it's a very risky maneuver because, first of all, there might not be room in your local kindergarten. Second of all, the principal might not go along with it, and your child who has had no school at all might be sent to first grade the following year. Other people have done things like actually move to New Jersey, New Jersey has an earlier wow. cutoff. In, yeah, that's, that's the kind of sacrifice people make, New Jersey. So the cutoff is in October. So some people have moved to New Jersey, registered their child in kindergarten, have the child do, say, kindergarten and first grade there, then moved back to New York City, where it's much more likely that they will honor your child's grade rather than their age. Something else that people have done is send their child to private school for a few years for kindergarten, first or second grade. Then again, they've moved them where the more important factor would be their grade and not their age. So these are some options for parents with kids with December birthdays. Okay. So um, what comes next? Starting to do the research? How do you... Absolutely. Starting to do your research, look, first of all, visit your zone school. Mm-hmm. Let's. Their zone school is the school that's based on your address. In my book, there's a link you can click and you can just put in your address and it will tell you what your zone school is. Visit your zone school. If you love it, that's great, but you are not guaranteed a seat at your zone school, especially if your zone school is a very popular, successful school. Odds are there are more families who want to be there than there is room. So don't think, oh, wait, I love my zone school. Great done. No, make sure you look at your other options. There are unzoned schools which give priority to kids in their district. For instance, in District 3 in Manhattan, there's Manhattan School for Children. For District 2 in Manhattan, there is the um, a school that I'm completely banking, blanking on right now, but it does have a name, and trust me, it exists, and it has very high test scores, so I, it'll probably come to me shortly. But the fact is, and then there's District 1, which is actually all unzoned, and um, all of the schools in District 1, you have as much of a chance of getting in as anybody else in District 1. So, yes? Um, are there any ways to um, up your chances in, in areas, siblings? Um... Well, here's the thing. If your child is a sibling of a child already in the school, Midtown West, that's the school I just remembered, is the one from District 2. So if you have a child who is a sibling of a child already in the school, you have first priority. If you are just a child from the zone, then you have second priority, which is why your chances of getting in are good, but they're not 100%. Okay. All right. Um, Now, other types of schools? Well, what you can also do is outside of your zone school, you can look at things like a dual language program. Often dual language programs will give priority to kids in the zone, but then they will next accept kids from the broader district. You can look at magnet schools, which often tend to accept kids from the district, sometimes even from the entire borough. Then you have the choice of a gifted and talented program, which is also contingent on where you live, but not as much. There are five gifted and talented 
citywide schools, which means a child from anywhere in New York City can apply to any one of those schools. There's the Anderson program on the Upper West Side. There's Nest on the Lower East Side. There's TAG, which is in Harlem. There's the Brooklyn School of Inquiry, and there's a school in Queens. Those schools will take applications from kids anywhere in the city as long as you have taken the gifted and talented test and scored above the 97th percentile. Then there are district gifted schools, which basically means if you scored above the 90th percentile on the gifted and talented test, you can apply to a gifted and talented program in your district. It does not have to be in your zone school. And in fact, if it is your zone school, you have no more of a priority than anybody else. But the thing to remember is many, many, many more kids test gifted and talented in New York City than there are seats. In fact, for the citywide programs, a thousand kids qualify and there's only about 300 seats. So while it is an option, it also is not a sure thing. In fact, absolutely nothing is a sure thing. That's a lot of information. Okay, and charter schools? Charter schools is another one. Some of them give priority to districts. Some of them are open to the entire city. You need to visit them and see. Some charter schools, the ones that most people know about are the Success Academies or the KIPP Academies, which tend to be very traditional and very strict and very much about test prep and uniforms and all of that. But there are other homegrown charters, which might be much more progressive, which are dual language charters, which are have an arts and music focus. So with a charter school, like any other school you absolutely have to visit and just in case you think that was too much we have podcasts on pretty much all of these we we do with a lot more detail and i speak slower so it's easier to (laughs) absorb right now i'm just trying to get it all out and don't forget hunter college elementary which is actually a school a school for the gifted it is actually not a public school it is a lab school under hunter college but because it is funded with public money it is costs you nothing to attend that one requires a separate test of its own and if you go to the podcast on hunter college elementary we have a lot more detail on that Okay, a lot of options. You mentioned going and visiting, touring schools. How do you decide? How do you just tour them? Is there a time of day? I strongly recommend I strongly recommend going to visit a school when it's open and there are children in it. Because oftentimes they will do a tour or an open house in the evening where you can see the building and you can see the classrooms and you can hear from the teachers and you can hear from the principals, which is nice. But nothing really beats going in when the kids are there. And you can see, are the kids engaged? Are they having a good time? How is the teacher engaging with the kids? Look at the work on the walls again. That applies to absolutely every school. But you also want to see the kids and you want to get a feel literally you will feel when you walk through the door whether you feel comfortable there or not it, it's it sounds a little ridiculous but there's almost a physical sensation of knowing if this is a place you could belong and if this is a place where your child could belong but here's something to remember you might love some place that your child doesn't and vice ah. versa so you have to think about what's best for you might not be best for them now i personally just make my kids do whatever i tell them to but you know other better parents might actually consult their kids and see because there's a lot lot of times where parents think wow this is so great it's a wonderful progressive open environment and you have a child who really loves structure or vice versa you go wow this is great this is so rigorous they're going to challenge them and you have a kid who kind of wants to move at their own pace so go with your gut but kind of listen to your kid's gut too okay now you mentioned moving 
for the because of the age cutoff. What about just for the school or? Yes, and that's actually another reason why you might want to start the kindergarten process even earlier than eighteen months in advance. Think of it: if you started two to three years in advance and you are considering moving, because that's what some people do. They are in a not good school district and then they move into a better school district. Give yourself enough time that you can really go in and look around and find a place that you'd be happy in in a school district that you like. So it really isn't ridiculous to say, think of starting about three years in advance if moving is on the table. Okay. So basically you're saying we need, the parents need to really start thinking about this they do. Now. They do, absolutely. If you have a child who's three for and you're... For 2017. For 2017, because 2016, to all intents and purposes, is all over but the screaming, because all you're going to do is get um, where you've gotten into, and then you can wait list, and you can work the wait list, but the bulk of the work should be done by now, and really the people who should be starting to do their work now, and people who should be reading my book, because it, again, has everything that I've already said, but it's a lot slower, and you can sort of absorb it better. Those are the parents for kids who will be applying in 2017, who should be starting the process now. Okay, welcome back to Accepted Secrets of New York City School Admissions with Lena Adams, author of the ebook Getting into New York City Kindergarten. And we've been talking about preparing to apply for kindergarten in 2017. That's right, a year and a half from now. 2017, because if your child will be of age at that time, you need to start the process now. Is that right, Alina? Absolutely, especially 18 months at the very latest. Two years is more optimal because it'll give you a lot more options. But the fact of the matter is, if you have a child right now who's around three and you're looking at them and you think, I have plenty of time until kindergarten, you do not. You need to start the process right now. My book, which I initially wrote for the 2016 admission season, will be updated and it will have all the new deadlines as well as all the old links. So all the information that you had before will still be there, but I'll have all the timelines that you need to start applying now and going all the way through to September 2017. So if your child's already in kindergarten or getting ready for kindergarten 2016, but your children have playmates who are a little bit younger, talk to their parents. Or tell don't. <laughs> or if, if, they, if you want to keep the secrets to yourself, definitely do not tell them about this podcast and definitely do not tell them about the book. But if you like your friends, you might want to clue them in. It's a marathon, not a sprint, folks. So get ready. Put your race shoes on. (laughs) 2017 September is just around the corner. It is. We're going to take a break right now for a couple of weeks. We're going to let sort of the results shake out. We're going to let people find out where they're going to kindergarten for 2016. And then we will be back in the spring with all new podcasts, which will help guide parents all the way through September 2017. And in the meantime, you can check out some of our past podcasts just to brush up, beef up. Well, all the information that's there. All the information that's there will be relevant. The fact is, if you're thinking about applying your child to Hunter College Elementary, say, for 2017, all the information that we have in the 2016 podcast will still be relevant. All the information about gifted and talented testing will still be relevant. All the information about private schools will still be relevant. The only thing that's going to change is the dates. So if you want to brace yourself, listen to the former podcasts. Yes, they apply to you, too. Excellent. And then we'll be back in the spring to give you a guide step-by-step, month-by-month, through this application process. In the meantime, read my book. There you go. 
thank you again. Happy 2016 and happy applying. <laughs>